the Sacred Gyre Podcast, staying connected to your deepest values as you work for change. More and more people are hearing about and learning details of how we humans are affected by unconscious bias. Believing ourselves to be good, moral people and learning about this reality can be jarring, unsettling, and even confusing. If it's true that we often speak and act because of the way our unconscious minds make automatic connections, what does it mean to be a good person? What can a reasonable person be expected to do with this information? Now, I've had my own ideas about this based on personal experience, listening to others who have been negatively affected by people acting out on conscious biases, and by reading and watching videos based on the research into this phenomenon. Most recently, I've been reading a new book. It's titled Strangers to Ourselves, Discovering the Adaptive Unconscious, and was written by Timothy D. Wilson. I was intrigued by that term, adaptive unconscious, It speaks to my own thoughts about what a dilemma we humans face. The dilemma that something which is often very destructive, that gets in the way of living our values, is at the same time essential to our survival and a key to becoming better able to live by our values. Now, Wilson lays out his purpose in writing the book on pages 15 and 16 when he writes... The mind is a wonderfully sophisticated and efficient tool, more so than the most powerful computer ever built. An important source of its tremendous power is the ability to perform quick, non-conscious analyses of a great deal of incoming information and to react to that information in effective ways. Even while our conscious mind is otherwise occupied, We can interpret, evaluate, and select information that suits our purposes. That's the good news. The bad news is that it is difficult to know ourselves because there is no direct access to the adaptive unconscious, no matter how hard we try. Because our minds have evolved to operate largely outside of consciousness, and non-conscious processing is part of the architecture of the brain, it may not be possible to gain direct access to non-conscious processes. Well, if he's right, how then are we to live up to our values as we go about living every day? An important thing, I think, to think about is the way we construct stories about ourselves and our place in the cultural around us. We do this on a conscious level. If someone asks you about yourself, whether in a personal conversation or job interview, you can answer them even without thinking a lot about it. That is because we all are immersed in cultures where we are taught to explain things using a common logic that creates connections over time and space and easily weaves it into a narrative. Our unconscious minds also use story. We make instantaneous connections about what we perceive in the world around us and how it might affect us. This causes us to avoid or move toward a person or situation 
And we're not even aware of this on a conscious level most of the time. In effect, we are constantly creating and reacting to stories arising in our unconscious minds. I'll use a recent situation in my own life to illustrate this. I have been doing purposeful walking exercise for several years for two reasons. I have a desk job and need to get up and walk to stay healthy and productive. And I recently had open heart surgery and my doctors and physical therapists say I need to walk up to 10,000 steps a day and also do 30 to 45 minutes of brisk walking five times a week. They advise having some way to keep myself honest whether I am consistently doing these exercises. So I purchased a smartwatch that connects to an app on my smartphone and records steps I take, calories used, heartbeat, and whether I have done the 30-minute brisk walking sessions. It also records how many hours I sleep and what portions of sleep are deep, REM, light, and how long I was awake during the total sleep period. I used the watch to help me to be regular about these walking exercises, but after about 18 months, I realized it is not very accurate. It regularly underreports how much time I sleep, and it is useless for the times I replace walking with time spent on my recumbent exercise. I found it to be more effort than it is worth trying to combine the two forms of exercise on the app. The main way I use the watch now is for knowing what time it is, and the only way I use the app on my phone is to remind myself of whether the watch needs its battery recharged. Because of these inefficiencies, I have decided the watch served its original purpose to get my exercise routine started, and I can do a good enough job of keeping track myself. Now that's my conscious level story, short and relatively simple. But because I try to use experiences like this at times to become more aware of how I am in the world, I have reflected on this. And it is, of course, much more complicated than what I said above. Here are some examples. The app for keeping track of my steps often urges me to join groups of users to compare how I do with others. This triggers negative feelings on a conscious level for me because I don't care what others do, so why are they wasting my time with these offers that I don't want? To be honest, this also reminds me of my negative reaction to assumptions about men being strong and coming out on top that I was forced to pretend to live up to as a youth when hiding the truth that I am a transgender woman. The app also gives emotional pushes by sending text messages that say, Overachiever! You went 1,320 steps over your goal today. On one level, I dislike these push notifications. They sound phony to me. On another level, there were some weeks I found myself going well over the 10,000 steps and doing six days of 45-minute brisk walks. That really made me stop and take a breath. What was I thinking? But those walks were not just physical exercises for me. I have PTSD from years of abuse as an adolescent and youth, and one result has been an old self-protective habit of getting lost in defensive stories in my mind 
because I couldn't speak up for myself as a child. They can be in reactions today to real events or ones my mind imagines will happen based on uh, life circumstances. While walking, especially on the longer time ones, I would have repetitive silent arguments defending myself from attack. Now, over the years, I've used a variety of skills to react differently or heal from this, but sometimes I just need to let them run their course for a while before taking a breath and reminding myself that nothing is actually happening. This can be emotionally tiring, and I don't need this on top of keeping track of whatever the smartwatch or the app is working. Recently, I had difficulty walking because of pain in my feet near my small toes. Turns out I have arthritis and congenital Taylor's bunions. I turned to using my recumbent cycle almost all the time until I could see the doctor. To fool the watch into recording steps on the bike meant swinging my arms as I pedaled. That made my hand sore and was awkward in a way that swinging my arms while walking isn't. And it prevented me from allowing my body to move naturally in time to the pedaling. So I gave up on using the watch until I went to the podiatrist and got my feet pain greatly reduced so I can walk again. The truth is that all these things are part of the reason I stopped using the watch to count steps. It's not that my original, consciously created story is wrong, it's just incomplete. And since this is a personal decision that is unlikely to cause harm to anyone else, it wouldn't matter if I didn't think any more deeply about it. But it does matter to me for a few reasons. I know from experience that there are ways my body and my emotions give me messages that my mental health is in need of help. If I don't pay attention to those messages early on, I suffer negative consequences. If I were under time pressure or stress of some kind at a higher level than in this example, I could easily react in ways I would not feel good about later. If the issue came up in the context of a group or team interaction, the possibility of reacting in ways I would later regret goes up as it does for any of us. And let's face it, in some ways I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to human consciousness. Now if this touches anything resonant in you, why not practice by thinking of something that has happened in your own life in the last few months that has similar qualities? Pick one that does not have emotional meaning for you that is too difficult right now, and one that does not involve potential harm to relationships important to you. Ask yourself these questions. What is the story you tell yourself about the situation that is easiest to recall? What in your life has happened to you that might have affected how you reacted in the situation? What other stories come to mind as you reflect on the situation and remember what happened in your reaction later? And finally, is there anything you would do differently after thinking about it in this way? Now, there's a lot more to learn from the book Strangers to Ourselves that I'll take up in the next episode. In the meantime, I hope you will send me an email with any thoughts that came up to you if you took me up on the idea of looking at an experience of your own. Just to restate for context, my interest in the adaptive unconscious is only one facet of how I see this challenge to stay connected to our deepest values as we work for positive change in the world. 
I am intrigued by this dilemma on at least three other levels. The ways in which we are connected in small groups and our connection to those we experience as being close to us is one. The challenges we face when we are part of larger communities or organizations where we don't know most people well and where there are rules, laws, and customs that affect us is another. And finally, the challenge of traditional belief systems, customs, and unwritten rules of the larger culture in which we grew up and how they show up in our lives. I hope this podcast series sparks thoughts, questions, and conversations in your own life, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to receive notices about upcoming episodes, please sign up on the contacts page of sacredgyre.com.